Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod, the first of 2019. As always, I'm your host, AB, taking you through the Premier League results and latest news. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and also on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes as well. They're all, all Clutch on all three platforms. But yeah, this round of fixtures rounds up the festive period in the Premier League. There's been a lot of games. I think we recorded like five episodes in in the space of like two weeks so work rate had to be crazy because all these matches were coming thick and fast so we start off with the big game thursday evening champions versus challengers you know it seemed like the whole world was banging for man city other than liverpool fans of them but yeah so we start off with a big game man city against liverpool first against third but we all know these are the two title favorites car knowing it putting tottenham as a title favorite but yeah so first and against third in the league at the time seven points separated them at the etihad stadium city trying to bounce back into form recently they've held some weird l's against chelsea leicester and crystal palace so we all know that the stakes were high for them they had to bounce back liverpool they were just on fire Thrashing Arsenal 5-1. <laughs> just scoring goals left, right and centre. Banging in goals. Undefeated. Dejan Lovren screaming that we're going to be invincibles. <laughs> but yeah, that all came to a crashing end Thursday night. Because Man City beat Liverpool 2-1 at the Etihad to close the gap between them and Liverpool to four points. Sergio Aguero, the big, big game player as always, coming up with a big goal. Great goal from Aguero, man. He just smashed it in from close range. Like, near post as well. Beat Allison To beat a keeper of that quality from near post, it takes power. And boy, he, he licked it off them. But yeah, man, Aguero's a big-time player, bro. If it wasn't for injuries, boy, who knows how many goals this guy will be on. But yeah, so Aguero put C into the lead. Then Roberto Firmino equalizer for Liverpool. After the hour mark, he's clutched up recently. We all know he banged in a hat-trick against Arsenal. Now he's got another goal against City. Eight minutes later, City replied. The flying German winger, Leroy Sané, banging in a goal. And I've been screaming for like three minutes now, so I need to calm down. <laughs> but yeah, um, Leroy Sané banging in a goal as well to put City into the lead. And yeah, wrap up the three points for them. That's a great win for City. We, as I was saying before, we had Arsenal fans, United fans, City fans, Chelsea fans. Basically, the whole world just rooting for Man City to win so Liverpool wouldn't touch the title. Because if Liverpool touched the Premier League this season, oh, Lord knows what will go down, fam. It would, ju- it would just be chaos, bro. They closed the gap to four points now. Liverpool's unbeaten run is over. Arsenal fans were happy for that. Because that's the only thing they have left to cling on to. Their invincible record. But yeah, it was a great game, man. Good game to watch piece of football fantastic game to watch man good for the neutrals as well i mean i was watching it to be fair i didn't really care who won in it i just wanted my fantasy players to score and they did obviously aguero banged in a goal you can't you can't doubt him in big games bernardo silva got the assist for that so i'm happy i had both of them in my fantasy team you know the only thing that pissed me off is kyle walker was on the bench but yeah it was, it was a great game the champions beat the challengers one, one person I want to talk about is Dejan Lovren because that guy, yeah. Pre- I don't know if you watched the interview one time. I think it was after Croatia went World Cup final. He said, he, basically, they need to put respect on his name, innit? That he's one of the best centre-backs in the world. Boy, <laughs> what a joker. <laughs> he was just a mess, man. 
All right, cool. Fair enough. Aguero is a high-caliber player, good quality, in it. So I'll let you off in it, despite the fact that it, you were meant to mark him and he he left you in it. So boy, you got an answer to that. He's, he's just a joke, man, fam. No way he's one of the best defenders in the world, fam. I don't think anyone believed that anyway. Like, these times Modric carried you to a World Cup final and Perisic and them, man. Not you, fam. It wasn't because of your defensive excellence. But yeah. One player I want to big up though, Fernandinho, yeah? You watch that game. Obviously, holding mids, they don't really get shown that much clout or that much love in it, car. What your like your job is very gritty. Like it's it's nothing exciting that you're doing in it. Like you're not scoring goals, you're not flip flapping next man, whatnot. But Fernandinho, yeah, that was a masterclass in holding midfield. If you're a young G, yeah, and you're trying to be a pro bowler and you play holding mid, fam, you need to watch that game at least. 10 times and watch the movement, watch the way he breaks up the play, watch the way he knows how to press at the right times so he doesn't leave his team vulnerable, fam. That guy is a baller. What's he, what is he like? 33 years old, fam. He is the real deal, fam. Probably one of the best holding mids in the world right now, hands down. Like, he, he controlled that midfield, bossed it. Especially when you got like high NG players in the opposition side. You got James Milner, we all know he can run for years. You got Wynaldum, he got pace, trickery, all that stuff. You got Salah Firmino, Mane, fam. For you to be able to marshal them, man, you deserve some accolades, fam. So big up Fernandinho, big him up 10 times, fam, because that was a holding mid masterclass, fam. One player I want to talk about <laughs> the Arab Aaron Lennon, <laughs> the Inshallah, right, Phillips. <laughs> I Mo Salah was getting roasted on the timeline yesterday. How could that man call him the Inshallah right Phillips? <laughs> no, I took it's the funniest place to go when football was getting on. But Mo Salah, he showed again on the big stage. He just can't do it. He just can't. he just freezes, bruv. Like, where was he that game? He was missing. <laughs> he was gone. I'm thinking, brother, like, you have a chance, yeah, to extend the gap at the top to 10 points, like. 10 points, like, that's a, like, okay, Liverpool bottled it um with three games left in it, but 10 points going into January, yeah, that is a big, big margin for him, like, boy, I don't even know if City could catch up to that, but yeah, fam, this brother was missing, absolutely nowhere to be seen, I mean, everything he tried to do, big up company, company dealt with him, uh, Laporte dealt with him like they dealt with him, he couldn't do what he wanted to do, like, and, okay, he was playing on the right to begin with, innit? I think Firmino was playing through the middle. And at left-back, they had Emerick Laporte, Man City, because both Delph and Mendy were injured. So I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a serious matchup. car. Laporte, despite the fact he's left-footed, he's not a natural left-back, in it. So I'm thinking, all right, cool, Salah's going to cook him. He's going to twist him up. He's going to, like, take advantage of him. I didn't see none of that. Like, I was so, so disappointed in Mo Salah, man. These big games, United, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, alright, cool. Arsenal, you scored a pen, but it wasn't really a pen, you get me? And you won 5-1 in the end, so that don't really count. The only game where I can say he clutched up was in the Champions League against Napoli when they needed to win to go through, and fair play to him, you scored, in it. But other than that, big games, you're not the guy. I'm sorry, innit? Like, you can... Them 32 goals last season, that's all good, but you still haven't won anything. I'm sorry, innit? I'm sorry. Like, this is how the game goes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah City dropped the gap to four points and um yeah I can see them catching Liverpool and I can see them winning the league I'm sorry but yeah Liverpool you're not winning the league it's just as simple as that City they've got their swagger back they're playing well 
and yeah, they're gonna go on to do great things. Whereas Jurgen Klopp's boys, I wish I could say the same, but I can't. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on to a couple games on Wednesday. Big game at St. James's Park. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer looking to win his fourth game in a row as Manchester United manager. And damn right, he done that. He dispatched Newcastle 2-0. Romelu Lukaku scoring off the bench with his first touch. <laughs> Who would have thought Lukaku would score with his first touch? <laughs> oh my days. I don't know what Solskjaer's feeding them or chaining them, but boy, he needs to keep the job firm. Excellent, excellent substitution there by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's a great result. And then Marcus Rashford sealing the deal. Nice, cool, calm, collected finish. Slotted it past the keeper. And I can tell, like, by watching that goal Rashford score, I can tell that he's being coached well. Because Rashford under Marino, he would have tried to blaze it. Like, Rashford off late, yeah, he's been playing well. But obviously, he has been playing well under Marino as well, yeah. But he'll he rush at his chances, like... He will just he will just blaze the ball at the keeper, like. But I think Solskjaer, he's teaching him that, brother, like, take your time, finesse, like, you, you use the RB button, like, finesse. Obviously, I'm an ex of Sky, so it's RB, in it, not R1. But, yeah, like, finesse, and that's how it was, like, took a touch, took, took the ball at his feet, just tucked it away. Lovely goal, man. Great result. I would say the first half, though, it was, it was a gritty first half. I mean, we did create our chances, but it was, it was a, Poor, poor first half on the social anyway. It was a poor, poor first half, you know. But he did say it would be our hardest test going to St. James Park so far, so far, in it. And yeah, he was right, in it? Like, Newcastle proved hard to break down. I mean, they had a lot of chances. Atsu had like 10 shots. If Atsu was Aguero, we would have lost like 5-2. It's as simple as that because he had a whole heap of chances he could have scored. Rondon caused us problems. We, know, we all know how big and strong the Venezuelan is caused us a few problems but we we're able to marshal him out you know and yeah that's our fourth win in a row during that time we've scored 14 goals and we finally got that clean sheet hey come on finally got that that was very much needed right now we're six points off top four can we make it that's the big question being asked right now i am in full confidence in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's regime i have faith because he made Lukaku score with his first touch coming off the pitch. Like, he made Matic more mobile. Pog was just flourishing. He should have scored when he went round the keeper, but he missed, didn't it? It happens in football. He could have squared it to Lukaku, but I know he wanted his goal. He knew it as well. I don't blame him for that. And yeah, man, we all know the big test comes next week, Sunday, when we have to travel to wherever Tottenham play. I don't know if it's Wembley. I think it's Wembley. We got to travel, play Spurs away. That's going to be a huge test for us. I can't lie. That will show how far we've come, as well as the PSG games in the Champions League. But yeah, I have full faith that we can go there and get a result. Like a result being, I'll be happy with a draw. Because I cool Tottenham, they lost to Wolves. They've been shaky recently. But let's not forget, they're a good team. They're a very, very good team. So we go there. We play positively. We get a result of any sort. We move on. I'll be happy with that. We get three points. I'm ecstatic. And I believe in Solskjaer. But yeah, so as I was saying before, we are six points off the top four. We are only three points away from Arsenal, who boasted a 22-game unbeaten streak. <laughs> And we are only three points away, having had our worst start to a season in 28 years. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. Wow. <laughs>
But yeah, man, the top four race is hotting up. I do think it's really it's between Chelsea, Arsenal, and United. We're gonna come to the Chelsea and Arsenal side in a minute. Good win for United. Next game, Reading in the FA Cup. We move on. Hopefully, a couple young G's get get to play the Angel Gomez's. All them man there. They get Green Mason Greenwood. Hopefully, you know, see what they're made of. Andreas Pereira as well. Big up him. But yeah, let's move on to the Gooners. Arsenal, they bounced back from that thrashing against Liverpool. They thrashed Fulham at the Emirates, four goals to one. Bamiang scoring, he's top scorer right now. Drake top with the other lad from North London, Array, Ari Kane. So yeah, they both they both got 14. Xhaka scoring, Aaron Ramsey scoring as well. A lot of reports have come in that he's agreed terms with Juventus and we will be leaving on a free transfer. All Juventus, isn't, all Juventus know is signing these like mid-range top club players, yeah. For free transfers. Remember, they got Emre Chan as well from Liverpool for on a free and Aaron Ramsey. That's not bad, you know. Obviously, he ain't gonna get that much game time because Juventus is midfield is looking like Matuidi, Pjanic, Chan, Bentaker, like with them man there. So he'll be a good squad rotation player for them, I'm sure. Um, Fulham did briefly score to make it two-one. Abi Bakker Kamara, <laughs> villain turn hero. We all know. If you don't know, he missed a penalty against Huddersfield, but yeah, he bounced back. Just pulling a goal back, albeit it was just consolation. But yeah, so Arsenal back to winning ways. They currently sit fifth in the league. They are three points up off Chelsea, who are in fourth. It's unfortunate, though, for my guy, Ryan Session. That's my guy, man. I've been following him since he was like 17, 16. But yeah, he missed a lot of chances. And yeah, he did come on Twitter after to say, on another day, those do go in. And I fully believe it, because on his left peg, he should be scoring them chances that he could have had at least two goals and he's still only what 18 so he, he will develop and he will become a top player believe that trust me Ryan Session is the future fam so yeah that was the game on New Year's um moving on to another game featuring the top six Chelsea drew blank against Southampton nil nil that game just showed how much of an attacking presence they need up top not even just up top in general because it was a very lackluster performance from them. I mean, they didn't really create a whole load of chances. They played really flat. They didn't really play well, I can't lie. And yeah, th that that's a game they should be winning. I mean, Southampton at home, that's the type of game. You, you just score a couple goals, dispatch there, move on to the next game. But boy, it was, it was anything but that. Like I said, lackluster, lackadaisical at times. They didn't really look... Like, they caused Southampton trouble, like... Albeit, they are still in the top four title race. I think they even know that they're not in the title race at all. They just need to make sure they cement a top four finish so that they're playing in Europe's elite competition next year. And they are three points ahead of Arsenal in fifth. But that is really not a gap that is sustainable at this moment in time because Arsenal and United, they're both hot on their heels. Um, They have been active in the transfer window, however... however couple days ago they agreed a deal to sign Christian Pulsic the 20 year old Borussia Dortmund American winger for 57 million pounds wow big big money deal for a guy who's really not been a household name in Dortmund to say the least I mean he's been coming off the bench he's not really a starter he scored what like 14 goals in how many Bundesliga appearances a lot of people have been questioning the deal I feel like it is a deal for the future Bearing in mind that he is 20, so he still has a whole load of footballing years to, you know, develop and 
play at the highest level. And yeah, um, he has been at a top club, so in Borussia Dortmund, so he does have that experience of playing for, you know, the big teams. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays. Obviously, he is on loan. They have sent him back on loan in Dortmund till the end of the season, so he'll only be joining them in July when the transfer window, summer transfer window opens. So, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how he does perform in the Premier League and whether or not he does start for Chelsea over the Pedros, the Williams. And, yeah, one thing I think that definitely means is that Callum hudson Odoi is going to Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have made another bid for him in the range of 30 million euros, I believe. They did have two bids rejected, the latter being 20 million pounds. So, yeah, um... It's sad to see, though, man, another young English talent going to waste at Chelsea. How many times have we seen that coming? How many players have we seen Chelsea just ruin? I mean, talk about the likes of Josh McEttron. I mean, they've got how many? 41 players on loan. Batshuayi, Bakayoko, John Swift, Mason Mount. I mean, the list goes on. They're just stockpiling players at this point. And by not allowing your youth team to develop like what's the point in even having a youth set up if you're just going to send them or free or demand them in Vitesse on him as well can't forget them if you're just going to send them abroad and they can't even play for the team like I really fail to understand this concept but yeah let's keep it moving though um to the game in the Cardiff City Stadium we saw Cardiff comprehensively beaten by Spurs three goes to nil um yeah solid all-round performance by Spurs they were freeding up inside the first half an hour Harry Kane getting his customary goal, Christian Eriksen as well, and Son banging in another goal. He's been on fire this season. But yeah, so that's just another easy win for Spurs, I would say. Cardiff, you didn't really expect them to cause much trouble considering their opponents. But yeah, Spurs did briefly close the gap on Liverpool and, and City. So yeah, they're, they're in and around the title race. A lot of people don't really back them to win the league, me being one of them. But they're keeping the pressure on like you can't you can't fault them for that um moving on now let's talk about some other stuff so we all know this weekend coming up is fa cup third round weekend one of the pinnacle moments in the football calendar when anything can happen you can see giant killings big teams just crumbling at, at the hands of the minnows but yeah so far we've we've already had a few giant killings fulham fulham lost at home to league two order athletic poor poor performance for fulham um they would have liked to have you know a little cup run considering the fact that they are battling relegation so is a thing to you know get run a form going in cup competitions that you can transform into the league but that unfortunately didn't happen for them bowing out in the third round yet again and um another big upset was against leicester city newport county the minnows beating leicester city 2-1 scoring in the last minute of the game well, the 85th minute of the game, penalty. And, yeah, that's good on Newport County. They are currently in League League 2 also. So, that's another League 2 team to beat a Premier League side. So, yeah, um, this is what the FA Cup's about, man. All these upsets, you know. And then you got teams like Man City that just put seven past Rotherham. They were not playing games at all. They said, nope. And also Tottenham put seven past another team. Chamir Rovers away. They just thrashed them. And yeah, so that's 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 the FA Cup. We don't really cover that, but I thought I'll give it a little mention, you know. So big up Newport County and also Oldham Athletic for beating Premier League opposition. Moving on now, so this week coming up, we've got Carabao Cup semi-final action. We've got Chelsea against Tottenham semi-final first leg, and then Man City against the 
the Minos, Burton Albion. That would be a big test for Burton Albion, and hopefully <laughs> they can put up a fight. But it's not looking it's not looking promising for them, considering what Man City just done to less lower opposition, <laughs> being that um, Rotherham United. So yeah, we'll see if Burton Albion can give it a fight, and maybe who knows they can get a little result out of that. So yeah, those are the first legs. And also, we all know the transfer window has been open for just a week now, and we've already got some deals coming in. So, a couple of days ago, Bournemouth agreed a 19 million transfer fee for Dominic Solanke from Liverpool. I feel like that's a big fee for Solanke. He was at Chelsea, and then at, um, his, his contract expired, so Liverpool picked him up, but now they're moving him. So, he's going down to the south coast to Bournemouth, and... Um, a lot of people have been saying that Liverpool, they, they do get big transfer fees for their players. I'm thinking like Jordan Ibe, who also followed the route from Liverpool to Bournemouth. He went for what, like 16 odd million. He's been in and up the side. He's failed to, you know, really clamp down a starting spot. Now you've got Dominic Solanke. They've moved um, other players as well, who I can't really think of right now. But they've been getting that big transfer fees for these young English talents who haven't really got off to the flying Premier League start as we would have hoped so yeah he's gone to Bournemouth and Nathaniel Klein also making a move to Bournemouth as well as a loan deal though till the end of the season so Bournemouth really trying to bolster their squad you know to achieve a high highest possible league finish as they can a couple players leaving the Premier League couple Premier League veterans starting off Cesc Fabregas Premier League veteran we all know the serial winner he's been at Chelsea at what he's achieved at Arsenal as well. Um, yeah, so it's sad to see him leave. Um, where do I rank him in all-time Premier League? I feel like he is a Premier League re- legend because he's made a number of appearances. He's won, what, FA Cups, leagues. He was part of the Invincible team as well, I believe, even though he was just, you know, bursting onto the scene at that point. But yeah, nah, he, he he's a respected Premier League player, you know, man. You have to show him respect. Obviously, Arsenal fans, they're bitter because he did leave them for then London rivals. But he's not hes not the only player to do that. I mean, he's going to Monaco. He made his last appearance in an FA Cup third round game when they played on Forest. <laughs> he did miss a penalty. So I know I'm sure he would have liked to score it. But it is what it is. Like, we all know that he, he cemented his status as a Premier League all-time great. Um, another player leaving the Premier League after a long stint in the league is Jermaine Defoe. Personally, one of my favorite Premier League strikers of all time. Not the not the greatest, just one of my favorites. I mean, he had a knack for scoring goals, poachers. He had a bit of a shot of him as well, considering he's only like what five, seven, five, eight. Paid for a host of teams. Talking Portsmouth, obviously he's at Bournemouth, Spurs. Like he done his thing, man. He grabbed he grabbed goals, Sunderland as well. I remember that goal he scored against Newcastle. Probably one of his greatest goals on the half while he top bins. Like that's Jermaine Defoe for you, man. So, yeah, he's going to Rangers, going to link up with Stevie G on an 18-month loan deal. But I feel like his time in the Premier League is done. I mean, at 36 years of age, is there's very little he can do to help a Premier League side at the moment. His time in the Premier League is done. But I feel like he, he's a quality player, man. I know he didn't really win the league. He didn't really win much. I think he won like a League Cup with Spurs. He's one of the greatest strikers to grace the Premier League. I'll give that to him. Jermaine Defoe, man. What a guy. So, yeah, I think that about wraps up the Premier League segment. Just looking forward to a couple games coming this weekend for United. It's a big one. They go to Wembley to play Spurs on the Super Sunday game. 
um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did say is his greatest test as a United manager so far, and I believe him. Previously, we have played like Reading in the FA Cup. We dispatched them 2 0. Wasn't the greatest performance, but in the cup, all that matters is the result. We all know this, so we move on. We did also play Huddersfield, Newcastle, Cardiff as well. So we haven't really played like a top six team. So this is the first real test, and we'll see if he's up for it. I believe he's up for it. Whether or not United can get a result, me being a United fan, I always back my team. So I feel like we can get a result there, whether that being a win or a draw. Given the opposition, I wouldn't be too displeased if we don't leave with all three points, but we do get a result. So, yeah, it'll be a good game. Hopefully, we can get a result to, you know, narrow the gap between Chelsea and Arsenal slowly creeping into the top four. But, yeah, so that's that's the big game on Sunday. Other games involving the top six, West Ham play Arsenal at 12.30 on Saturday. I'll be at that game. So, we'll see if West Ham can nick a win or Arsenal can, you know, build on the form that they've been building on recently <laughs> following that shambolic defeat against Liverpool. Um, Chelsea play Newcastle. That's a late kickoff on Saturday. Liverpool travel to Brighton and on the Monday night football, Man City hosts Wolves. Wolves, we already know, have taken a point from Man City earlier on in the season. We can see if they can take a couple more points or a point from them again in the Monday night football. We all know Wolves, they're the giant team killers. Only Two of the top six have managed to beat them. That's Liverpool and Spurs. So, yeah, we'll see whether or not they can continue their big game pedigree against the top sides. So, yeah, those are the upcoming fixtures. And that's it for the Premier League segment. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and other websites where we host our podcast, being that Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes, all Clutch. And, yeah, moving on to the NBA segment now. Moving on to the NBA segment now, got a lot of news to wrap up, a lot of stuff has been happening throughout the league over the past week and a half or so, but yeah, we start with the news that came out last night, the Timberwolves fired their head coach Tom Thibodeau just a couple hours after they blew out the Lakers, um, I was surprised because I watched that game and the Timberwolves won convincingly. and if there was any head coach that was to be fired that day, like it wasn't him, it would have been Luke Wharton. But yeah, I was surprised that they fired him. He was not only the head coach, but also the um, operator of the basketball operations there as well. And I feel like, obviously, he hasn't been the greatest coach for them, but their record isn't that bad. I mean, like they're sitting, what, 11th in the West. Albeit is outside the playoff position, but we all know in the West, a couple of wins here and there, and you're touching like the top three seeds. So yeah, it was surprising to see that he did get sacked. We all know the saga that he did have with Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler was in Minnesota. Obviously, he had to sanction the trade in the end. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that it came after they blew out the Lakers. I didn't really expect it. Um, apparently, the Wolves are looking into Fred Hoiberg to becoming their new head coach. Chauncey Billups becoming their president of basketball operations. But that's interesting that they, they're looking at Fred Hoiberg, though. Fred Hoiberg was the guy who replaced Tibbs at the Bulls and now they're looking at him to replace Tibbs at the T-Wolves so that's I don't know what to think about that either. think of that what you will like that's just so heartless man how how are you gonna fire him just hours after he just won a game like that obviously the Lakers haven't been themselves recently because LeBron James been injured and they've just been poor like I think they're one in six without him so it's just poor and I really thought that 
you know, some of the young players like the Lonzo Balls, the Brandon Ingrams would step up in the absence of LeBron, but they haven't really done that. And that just goes to show that without LeBron, Lakers, they're, they're a lottery team at best. Like, they're not making playoffs at all. But yeah, let's let's get started though. The All Star, we all know the first the first voting for the All Stars has just come out, and I can't lie. Looking at it first glance, I was really surprised at certain names that I saw there, and I was disappointed to see certain names as well. But we're gonna get into it. Obviously, starting off in the West, we all know he's gonna be leading the votes. LeBron James, he's got over a mil. The only player to touch a mil in All Star voting so far. This is fan voting as well. So fan voting is fifty percent. Then media has 25 percent and players have 25 percent so fan voting is the highest proportion so obviously it holds the most weight so we've got lebron leading the front court players in the west and followed by Doncic, luka Doncic. you know i big up him though because he's been balling in dallas i mean for a rookie averaging what 18 and a half points seven rebounds he's hit some clutch feeds as well for them hit a couple game winners as well so that's good on him but i didn't really expect him to be that high but that's fair play to him, man. I mean, he does deserve to be an all-star. I feel like right now he's looking at like the unanimous rookie of the year. I don't see anyone else putting up numbers near to him. So that's good on him. Then obviously you've got the KDs, the Anthony Davises, Paul George is there as well. He's been playing well for the Thunder. I feel like he's been leading them as well. Big games, putting up big numbers as well. Him and Russell Westbrook look like they look like they're making the Thunder a real force this season. Running up the front court, guys. You got Nikola Jokic leading the Nuggets. They're still first in the West. Got your Kyle Kuzmas. Um, Draymond Green. I'm surprised he's there. I, I really don't think Draymond Green should be an all star this year. But obviously, being being the way the Warriors fans are, of course they're gonna vote for him. But yeah, Draymond Green, he's shooting like a career low. I think he's shooting like what 23% from free or something like that. That's he's shooting 24% from free. That is that is as low as his rookie year like his shooting has been terrible even from the field he's shooting like what 40 percent that is not all-star numbers at all but obviously being that he plays with steph curry and jaymon green he's gonna get his all-star votes but for me he doesn't deserve to be there moving on to the guards in the west obviously you got steph curry leading the guards in all-star voting then you got d rose you know d rose is on the come up Derek Rose, he's got just under 700,000 votes for All-Star. I feel like that's good on him, man, because we all know, like, the injuries he's been through. This is, And this season, like, the T-Wolves, he's really looking, like, rejuvenated. He's been hitting some big numbers. Obviously, we all know the 50-point game he hit against Utah. He's been putting up big numbers coming off the bench as well. 18.5 points, four rebounds, three assists. That's good six-man of the year numbers. I can't lie. Um, I don't want to be the guy to take away Shane. But uh, all-star, that's not really all-star numbers, but it's because obviously the public, they sympathise a lot with Derek Rose because of his like, personality and everything he's been through. So who am I to take his all-star from him? So yeah, that's good on him that he's there. Then you've got James Harden. He's sitting in third in all-star voting. I'm a bit surprised he is third considering the big numbers he's put up. We're going to come on to James Harden shortly because that guy, he's looking like a real MVP candidate right now. Then, obviously, you've got Mr. Triple Double, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson's, your Damian Lillard's. He's been snubbed recently for All-Stars in the last couple of years, so it'll be good to see him get another All-Star appearance. 
Then um, Clay Thompson is also there. That's another guy I have a problem with. You'd think I have a vendetta against the Warriors, but I don't, I promise you. But Clay Thompson, he's another person. He just doesn't deserve to be an all-star this season. I mean, he's, he's also shooting like record lows. Like, it's surprising. Uh, we all know, all right, cool, fair enough. He broke the record for number of threes in the game earlier on this season. But other than that, he hasn't really been doing anything for his team. He's shooting 35% from three. And as a splash brother, that is unheard of because he's usually ranging in the, like, what, 44% and that. But 34%, yeah, that, that's a career low. A career low for Clay Thompson in three-point shooting. And I don't think he deserves to be re rewarded with an all-star. Even from the field, he's shooting, what, 44% from field. Warriors, they've been, they've been struggling recently. Like, I, I feel like teams right now they're not really scared of them because if you see the way that they've been getting blown out recently the lakers on christmas day without lebron in the in the third and fourth quarter they blew them out like the raptors have blown them out without Kawhi. recently um james harden and rockets but we're gonna come to that shortly but yeah the warriors they're not the warriors of 2015 or 2016 man i don't know what's going on so yeah i don't feel i feel like those two Draymond green and clay thompson they don't deserve to be all stars this year we all know, I feel like they will become all-stars in the end because they play for the Warriors and they're the reigning champions. So, you know, people will vote for them. So in the East, the Greek freak, Yanis Antetokounmpo leading the all-star votes in the front court. He's just, he's got just under a mil. He's got the second highest underneath LeBron. Then obviously you got, you got your Kawhi Leonard's, Joel Embiid. You got your Jimmy Butler's as well. We're going to come up to him a lot controversy around jimmy butler man why always jimmy man you got your tatum's blake griffin he's been doing well this season with the pistons i know they're roaming around 500 at the moment but i think under Dwayne casey like he's having another rejuvenated season you got vince carter Ah, <laughs> uh, we all right cool that that's another guy i don't think he deserves to be an all-star fair enough we all know he's one of like an all-time greats in the nba future hall of famer for sure but I feel like it's another one with Derrick Rose that like the public sympathise with it, being that it's his last season in the NBA as well. So they want him to get, you know, that, that farewell all-star performance. But nah, he's just holding a position for other players that deserve to be there. So he's past his time as well, man. They need to stop living in the past. So yeah, that's a guy I don't feel, think deserves to be in the all-star running. Then you've got Andre Drummond for the Pistons and Gordon Hayward. Uh, that's another guy I'm, I'm a bit shaky about because we all know the horrific injury he suffered seven minutes into his Celtics debut last year and he's come back obviously he started off in a minutes this restriction and Brad Stevens slowly trying to integrate him into the system you know rotating him with Tatum and Brown Celtics did get off to a rocky start roaming around 500 but they're back up on their feet now Gordon Hayward he did drop a 35 point game recently shooting 14 for 18 from the field that's good for him man he's slow he's slowly getting there but an all-star appearance i don't know about that one man i really don't know but we'll just have to wait and see you know he slowly is getting better he's slowly getting to that you know all-star that he was at utah so we'll just have to wait and see when the final ballots come out so yeah for the guards in the east carry Irving leading them no one can doubt that Kyrie's been straight up balling. One of the best clutch players in the NBA right now. Second, <laughs> second is D Wade. Dwayne Wade second in All Star voting in the East. In the East, that's another. It's another nostalgic vote as well for me, man. Because obviously he didn't announce that this is his farewell tour. Dwayne Wade leaving the Heat. We all know three-time NBA champion, multiple All Star. 
they want him to get his final All Star before he retires. But as I said with like Vince Carter, like I feel like he's he's not putting up All Star numbers, and I feel like he's holding a position for another young player who could you know become an All Star. So for me, even though I did vote for him a couple of times, I can't lie. But um, nah, I don't think he should be an All Star, man. I don't think so. Um, Kemba Walker, that's a player that deserves to be an All-Star. He's been falling in Charlotte for the Hornets, so he's an All-Star voting. Then obviously you got Ben Simmons, you have to put him there. I mean, what, seven triple-doubles this season, averaging 16, 8, and 9. So yeah, he's, do- he's doing his bits for Philly, man. Big up Ben Simmons. Then you got Victor Oladipo for the Pacers. Kyle Lowry, he's injured at the moment, but he deserves to be an All-Star. He's been leading in the league in assists for a while now, up until he got injured. So, yeah, him and Kawhi doing the business for Toronto. Currently, they're still sitting second in the East, though. Then you've got Zach Levine for the Bulls. You've got Jeremy Lin. I really don't know why <laughs> he's an all-star contention, Jeremy Lin. To be fair, I haven't really watched the Hawks recently. And there's a reason why, because look where they're sitting in the, in the East. So, But if he's doing his... Let me even check his numbers out. Hold up, hold up. This guy's averaging 10, 2, and 3.5. That is not all-star number any day any year like i don't understand why he's in all-star voting but i guess it will average out you know once the media and also players get voted so hopefully he won't be touching anywhere near there and underneath him is bradley bill surprisingly i don't know why but yeah bradley bill he's he's been left to he's been left with the burden of carrying the wizards given the fact that john walls had season ending surgery so we did see him carry them for the for majority of last year anyway, so there's no doubt he has the capability of doing that. So yeah, I feel like he does deserve an all-star shout out, despite the fact the Wizards are currently they've been playing poorly. They are the record so far is 16 and 24. So I do feel like they will make the playoffs. But um they obviously they have to improve, innit? They, we all know they acquired Trevor Ariza from the Suns as well, so hopefully he will step up as well in the absence of John Wall. And then rounding up the guard list is John Wall. <laughs> but yeah, he's not gonna become an all-star given the fact that I just said that he's having season ending surgery, so we won't be seeing him for a while. So yeah, that rounds up the all-star list so far for fan voting. So voting is still until like mid-January. Like you can vote every day. I've been voting every day. It's been changing every day for me as well though. Because there's so many players that I want to put in but I can't really put in. Let's move on. Let's talk about that guy, James Harden. James Harden is forcefully putting himself back in the MVP conversation, you know. This brother has been straight up balling. I mean, five games with at least 40 points. Nine games with at least 35 points. And we saw the game probably... One of my favourite games of the season so far, Golden State against Rockets in the Oracle. We saw Houston just narrowly clinch victory away at Golden State. It was a mad game though. James Harden, he put up serious numbers. Last minute, dagger free as well over Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Like, you know a brother's balling when you can hit a game winner against a guy who plays defence like Clay and a former defensive player of the year in Draymond Green. He just hit that free, switched it in the last second of the game. And yeah, that's a serious, that's a good win for the Rockets, man. In overtime, winning 135, 134. James Harden, 44-point triple-double, 44 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists. He's been straight up balling, man. And I can't lie, you have to put him in MVP conversation because off late, he's been playing like he's possessed. I mean, Chris Paul's been out and he just carried carried the baton for the Rockets. I can't explain how much he's been doing for them, but 
he's seriously an MVP candidate, man. And shout out Capella as well, because I was watching, I can't remember what I was watching, but Capella slightly most low key 29 points, 21 rebound game of all time. Because everyone forgot, because obviously we're all showing love to James Harden and what he managed to do for them, but we forgot that. Um, recently, Capella, he's been crashing rebounds, 21 rebounds, 29 points. Like, he's been putting up serious numbers as well. He's averaging right now 17, 13, and 2. I feel like he could clinch a He's borderline all-star at the moment for me, man, because there's centers in the in the West that are, doing, that are doing the job just a bit more better than him. I talk about Nikola Jokic and man like that. But, no, nah, big up Capella as well, though. But James Harden, that guy is special, man. He's definitely in the MVP conversation. I mean, closes games. Obviously, he's been getting a lot of stick recently because of the way he... Because of the step-back freeze and the travelling and all that stuff and going to the line like 20 times a game. But this brother, like, you need to put respect on his name because he's been balling for the Rockets, man. Rockets currently... They're sitting fifth in the West, though, 22 and 16. But they're slowly getting back up there. It'll be interesting to see... What happens when Chris Paul comes back? Whether Harden will come, will keep up the momentum. Obviously, his ball usage is gonna go down with the return of Chris Paul, but we'll just have to see if he can keep this up. The way the MVP race is looking like right now, for me personally, I've got Harden. He's up there, as I just said before. He's leading the league in points again with thirty three point seven. And another player who's up there is Kawhi Leonard. He's been balling all season in Toronto, man. I mean, new system, his first season there. And yeah, he's just been putting up ridiculous numbers. He recently got a career-high 45 points. I can't lie, I was surprised that that was Kawhi's career-high, career you know, 45 points. But yeah, he did hit that within the week. And right now, he is averaging averaging 27, 8, and 3. So yeah, that's solid MVP numbers for him. Whether he can lead his team to a number one seed in the East for another consecutive year, we'll have to wait and see because I know there's a brother down in Milwaukee who have a lot to say about that. The Greek freak, he's also in my MVP running. Giannis Antetokounmpo, averaging 27, 13 and 6. Um, yeah, let, I feel like he's the one that can carry the box through the season and possibly to a number one seed in the East also. Another player who's in MVP conversation, as he is every year, LeBron James. He's currently out, though, with a groin strain. Hopefully, he will be back soon because the Lakers have been trashed without him. As I said before, they're 1-5. <laughs> so, yeah, this this is just shows how much of an MVP candidate he is because MVP is all about your influence on the team. And without him, they've only won one game out of six. So, we, so that is an MVP because he's, he's their most valuable player. Of course, there's no doubt in that. I feel like, given the fact that he already is a four-time MVP, he has to do something like ridiculous for, him to, for them to vote him as another MVP. Because the way the MVP race has been looking recently, they always like to give it to like a newcomer or someone on a come-up or something like that. So, yeah, no, LeBron will always be in my MVP race, man. And also, Paul George as well. He's, he's a little outsider because of late, he's been balling for OKC. Um, yeah, he's really looking like he's like the alpha dog of that team right now. He's averaging 28, 8 and 4. He's been putting up big numbers recently as well. Couple 40-point games here and there. And this is despite the fact that Russell Westbrook is surprisingly having a... He's having a season low in shooting at the moment. Like, it's poor on him. But he's still averaging... He's still on course to average a triple-double for the third year in a row. That just goes to show that Russell Westbrook's shooting is not the only thing that holds up, like, his all-round play. Because we all know he's probably one of the best rebounding guards in the league. 
and he's a great passer as well. He's not a prolific three-point shooter, but he is shooting a career low, 24% from three. That's very poor. But if you look at the box score, you wouldn't know that because his game is so much more than just scoring. Like I said, he's a great rebounder, throws them, assists as well, and he's got... He's lucky he's got an all-star slash MVP caliber player with him in Paul George where he can just give him a ball and he's been straight up balling as well. So Paul George will drop them buckets as well. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to talk about. So the other day I was watching Kawhi went back to San Antonio with, as a Raptor to play the San Antonio Spurs. And yeah, the reaction he got was, I wouldn't say it was unexpected, but <laughs> it was hostile to say the least. I mean... So the Spurs did show gratitude given that he was a NBA champion and finals MVP for the Spurs. So they did show like, you know, a tribute video for him on the Drumbatron. Him and Danny Green also, can't forget, shout out Danny Green as well. They showed a video for him, but he was booed throughout the whole game. And I can't lie, we all know how Kawhi Leonard, he doesn't really say much. And it's really hard to read his facial expressions at times when he's playing because you don't know whether he's angry, sad, happy, elated. Like, you just don't know, innit? But I feel like he looked rattled that game. Like, he he looked very uncomfortable. Albeit, he did drop 21 points, just one rebound and five assists. But they still lost to the Spurs. Who were, Spurs were so rejuvenated. They were balling. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, he also coming up against his former teammates in Toronto. And I can't lie, we all know how he felt about the trade especially the fact that he was promised that he wouldn't be traded and then a few days later he was traded so and he had love for toronto as well like he was loving it up in up in the six man they i feel like they done him so dirty man because he gave he's an all-time leader in scoring and they just done him so dirty like i know obviously the nba is a business in that but the way they handled the rosen's departure was i felt like it was very wrong man and yeah the rosen he was he was ready like he dropped a 21 point triple double 14 rebounds and 11 assists and he helped his team win which he said he did say he had this date marked in his calendar so that's good on him man good on DeRozan man he's playing well under pop as well he's averaging 23 6 and 6 so that's good on him man so moving on to other news though it's been it was reported a couple days ago that Jimmy Butler had a little heated argument with Sixers coach Brett Brown about how he's being used in the offensive system in Philadelphia and um being that the way Jimmy Butler is, it was really no surprise that this did happen because we all know Jimmy Butler, he's been having these problems throughout his career. So it started off in Chicago, he had a problem with the head coach. Obviously, he moved to the T-Wolves where he had problems with, where he allegedly had problems with Thibodeau, but more more notoriously with Cat and Andrew Wiggins. And now in Philadelphia, he's clashing with Brett Brown over the way he's being used in the offense. Apparently, he wants to be used in more pick and rolls. And this all started after the blur in Portland. Apparently, they're watching film and then he aggressively brought up the fact that he didn't appreciate the way he was being used in the offense. Obviously, this one's in front of all the other players and the reports coming out that it looked very disrespectful and heated. But Brett Brown did come out and say that he wasn't really offended by the way he was spoken to by Jimmy Butler and that there was nothing really um, serious about it. But obviously, given Jimmy Butler's recent history and things like that, obviously NBA Twitter exploded. There was just their memes and like <laughs> stuff like that. Like, you know how Twitter is. But um, me personally, I feel like Jimmy Butler, yeah, the thing with Jimmy Butler, I know it's another stain against his 
record if you want to put it like that but Jimmy Butler's that kind of guy yeah he's a realist like he says it how it is like he's very very blunt like, I've watched interviews with this guy as well so he just says how it is and he has a very like combative style of approach whereas he'll be talking to you like you'll feel like he's sticking on you or he's being very aggressive when in all truthness he's just very passionate and he's just I'm not trying to defend him but it's just the way he is in it because I know a lot of people that are like this like where the way he talks you'll feel like it's disrespectful where in he the way he thinks is that he's just being assertive so that's the way i think the situation was and i also feel like the media didn't really help with the way they reported it the way they styled it as well i feel like it was a very like clickbaity title the fact that jimmy butler made it sound like he wanted to fight brett brown or something like that when really or truly he was just assertively trying to say that he he didn't appreciate the way he was being played in the system and we all know that Joel Embiid also also came out and spoke about about the way he didn't like being used as a stretch five in the Brett Brown system, and there was no like media backlash over that. That's why I said like the media they fueled into the fact that they already know that Jimmy Butler has a history of clashing with coaches, so they added a bit of fuel to the fire there and made it sound like it was worse than it already is. But yeah, there is no doubt that he ha- he's had problems climatizing to life in Philadelphia, but albeit. The Sixers are a better team with Jimmy Butler, like there's no doubt about that. The record says it, like they're 17 and 6 with him, and they were 10 and 8 before he came. So that's serious progress being shown there. Another thing the media was saying was that Jimmy Butler has a player option at the end of the season, but teams are looking at him, they're swimming around Philadelphia thinking that he might decline the player option because of this row with Brett Brown. So teams are really monitoring the situation down in Philly. So I feel like as i said before the media's not helping out with the way that they're reporting this because they're making it seem more than there really is that's going on there but um that's their job i guess in the end and i guess we'll all have to leave it on the court to see how the Sixers do play i did watch them recently when they played the mavericks and they played well i mean they narrowly won against a side who are on a second of a back-to-back having played Celtics the day before. Ben Simmons got another triple-double. That was his seventh of the season. He's only second to Russell Westbrook in number of triple-doubles this season. And Luka Doncic had a very, very poor night. I think he shot like two for 12 from the field. But as I said, it was a second of a back-to-back and he is a rookie, only 19, coming into the league. He's going to have games like that. Like I have no worries about Luka Doncic because I know that guy can fly out ball. But yeah, moving on to other things now. Um... Obviously, All-Star voting is still open, so who does make the All-Stars? Whether or not the guys I said, so the Vince Carters, the Dwayne Wade's, Clay Thompson's, and the Draymond Greens will make All-Star appearances. And yeah, um, the league is slowly starting to pick up. I mean, after the All-Star break, it's basically playoff time because playoffs begin like mid-April. So we'll have to see who makes the playoffs, who doesn't. Whether or not there's still one or two big trades to be made. Yeah, we all know a trade that came out recently. Justin Holiday, he got traded from the Bulls. He's now in Memphis, I believe. Yeah, he's in Memphis for um a second round pick and Marshawn Brooks and Will S- Wayne Seldom. So I feel like the Bulls are going full on tank mode, and who can blame them because they've been trashed this season as well. So yeah, um, I feel like that's it for the NBA segment. We'll be back same time next week. Apologies for this late upload. There was just a few difficulties in getting it out there. But yeah, we'll be back same time next week as usual. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at clutch underscore pod. And yeah, we out. Hey,